I think perhaps the biggest thing that we're known for in southern Louisiana is the food, but I think a close second thing that we're known for is the hospitality. There's a, a deep willingness in our culture to be willing to go out of our way to try to help somebody who we see is in need. And at first glance, the first reading today, and even some of Jesus' words, can kind of seem to be like a lesson in southern hospitality. We see this woman and, and her husband, they see the prophet Elisha coming regularly, and she says, let's make him a place to stay. He kind of keeps coming back and forth. At least that way he can have a bed, he can rest when he comes and go back the next day, instead of having to travel back and forth so much. And so at, at, that will be, from what we heard today, it can kind of seem like, okay, be hospitable, you're going to receive a reward for that hospitality. This woman is blessed with a son. But what we heard about this first reading is actually a very small snippet of a much bigger and much deeper story that has a lot of deeper lessons that are, are I think, worthy of reflection today. What we heard this woman, what we heard it is true. She, they wanted they want to do something for Alicia to give him a place to stay. They want to do something nice, so they built him this, 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 this room to stay in. The prophet Elisha then wants to do something in return. This woman showed generosity. He wants to return the blessing. To, and so he asked, what can we do for you? And what we don't hear is that he initially asked the woman that. What can we do for you? And she initially says, like, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm living among my own people. Like, I don't really have any big needs. Like, really, it's okay. You don't need to do anything. And then Elisha kind of presses and wants to do something for her. And one of Elisha's companions says, well, they don't have any children. Which, in that culture, would have been a huge deal. Because the child, to have a son, that's how your, your family lived on. You had your inheritance. That's kind of how you kept your name going, was through your children. And so Alicia's companion kind of brings up, they don't have a son. It'd be great if they had a son. And then Elisha agrees and says, that that's what we'll do. So he calls the woman back, like we heard, and says, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. And that's where our story ends, but the story does continue to go on. The very next thing the woman says kind of begins to open up her heart a little bit. Because her response to that, Elisha said, you're going to have a son this time next year. Her response is, don't deceive me. Don't lie to me. Almost like saying, don't get my hopes up. And in that response, we begin to see a little bit more of what's going on in this woman's heart. She's safe. She's secure. She's just kind of accepted where her life is. She's kind of come to terms with it. She's not going to complain too much, but she also isn't going to get her hopes up too much either. So when Alicia promises a son and she responds that way, we can tell she wants, she wanted a son very badly. But she's kind of come to terms with, it's not in the cards for me. And so when Alicia makes this promise, she says, like, don't, don't, don't get my hopes up just so that I can be disappointed later on. There's this fear of disappointment, the fear of being hurt, the fear of being let down is what holds her back from actually answering Alicia's question honestly. She doesn't want to name her desire because of the fear. And it kind of connects to what we talked about last weekend, this interplay of fear and desire and what can happen when we're honest with those things that they come up in our heart. I'm sure that's the first thing the woman thought of, but she pushed it back down because I'm not going to name it. Because when I'm honest with my fear and with my desire, what it does is it, it reveals my heart. It makes my heart vulnerable. And to be vulnerable means it can be hurt. It can be let down. And that can, that can be terrifying. If I name it, if I'm honest about it, there's a fear that what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't come true? What if I'm hurt? And so, out of fear, out of self-protection, I hold it back. Just going to live safely, just accept where I am. I'm not going to hope for too much better because I'm, I'm afraid that if I do, I'm going to be let down. 
the woman, Alicia's promise does come true and she does have a son. And he grows up and they, they, they live together, they work together. And what happens as the story continues is that one day he's working with his dad in the field and he begins to complain, my head, my head, he has a headache. And so they go in from the field, they go, go find the mother. And what ends up happening is the son ends up dying from whatever, whatever injury or illness that he had. Before this, the woman's life, she was okay, she was fine, she accepted where she was, and everything was okay. Now that she's had this son, and now that he's passed away, now she's devastated. Now she doesn't know where to go, what to do, her heart is shattered. And in her grief, what she does is she does continue to hold back. As people ask her, how, like, what's going on, what's the matter, are you okay? She continues to say, everything's fine, I'm okay. She holds people at a distance. She doesn't, still doesn't want to let people in. Eventually, she goes to seek out the prophet Elisha, and then, perhaps for the first time, she's honest. She falls at his feet and says, didn't I tell you, don't lie to me, don't deceive me. I didn't even ask for this, and now look at where I am. I was okay. I had accepted where my life was, and now my heart is shattered to a million pieces, and I didn't even ask for this. You can almost hear the pain in her voice, and almost like she's like, almost like putting the blame on him. Like, why did you do this to me? She was afraid to open her heart because of this pain, and now that she did, she's experiencing that very pain. Because the reality is, it kind of lifts up for us, that in this life, in this broken road that we've fallen, every good thing that we experience here is going to come to an end. And we don't want, there's a fear, I don't want to love and then experience a loss. I don't want to put my hope in something and then have my hope be disappointed. And so in response to that, out of self-protection, I put up the walls, I put the distance, I hide what my real love is, and I hide what my real desire is, because I don't want to experience hurt. And that is the risk of this life. To experience a love that will one day turn to loss. To experience a, gr a grief because I made my heart vulnerable. C.S. Lewis, a Christian author, has this beautiful word that he says, To love it all is to be vulnerable. He said, When we really love, our heart will surely be wrung and broken. And it can make us question, if that's the case, if that's what love is, then it's better to hold back. I don't want to experience that. It's better not to take the risk. It's better to love less. Because that pain can sometimes feel insurmountable. I don't want to experience that, so I kind of hold my heart back. Jesus, though, in the gospel today, does not encourage us to love less. We can kind of hear the words that he said. We can hear it as, love father and mother and son and daughter less than you love me. He's not telling us to love them less. He's encouraging us to a higher love. He knows how much we love our family. That's the most important thing to us. He's calling us to an even greater love. There should always be more. A love that is without limits. A love that holds nothing back. A love that does open ourselves up to that grief. Because he knows that experiencing that love is the only way that we will experience fullness of life. That love is what we were created for. The alternative, the C.S. Lewis quote that I mentioned a moment ago, continues to go on. If you want to keep your heart safe, give it to nobody. Not even an animal. Keep it, keep it to yourself. Surround it with nice little hobbies and luxuries. Lock it up safe. There it becomes unbreakable, untouchable, but also irredeemable. If we lock it up, heartbreak will not touch us, but neither will love. 
the story with this woman ends with Elisha going and bringing her son back to life. He brings him back from the dead. And it's easy to think, okay, that's great. That's good for her. That doesn't happen here. That doesn't happen anymore. What's that mean for me? The invitation is that the story ends on a, on a note of hope. That there is always new life that will come. There is always hope that is possible because of what Jesus has done. He has made love the one thing that can never be fully, tri- be fully conquered. It will always triumph. We only experience fulfillment and purpose in this life. It is only through love. Jesus invites us that as we, as we experience love and as we show love, whether it's through the cross like he calls us to, or whether it's through sharing a cup of cold water with somebody who needs it, every act of love is where we experience fulfillment and purpose. It is where we truly find life, and that is what Jesus wants to share with us. It is through love and the vulnerability that comes with it that makes our life worth it. He wants us to have a heart that is open to receive it. Because it is only when our hearts are open and vulnerable that we can receive the love that He wants to pour into our hearts. I think the invitation for us today as we come to receive love Himself poured out on the cross. Love for you. Him who knows where your heart is right now, He wants to minister to that. But it requires a heart that is open. We can be tempted not to take the risk, to hold back, because I don't want to experience any more hurt. But Jesus knows the hurt and wants you to experience healing in the hurt. So let's pray today for the grace to keep a heart open, a heart that is vulnerable, and thus a heart that is able to be healed, a heart that is able to, be, to experience peace, and a heart that is able to be loved. May we receive that love today as we receive Him in the Eucharist. Amen.